Welcome, 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 everyone, to Hoops Zooted. I am your host, Evan Moore, and it's great to see everybody tonight. And to, today, I've got my bubbler again today. And, you know, last time I had my bubbler, I didn't really explain what a bubbler is. And it's a bubbler is similar to a pipe, except there's a little chamber to hold a little bit of water in it. So it's kind of like a mini bong. So when you draw on it, there's a little bubbling sound. That's why it's called a bubbler. So anyway, and I'm smoking today a little bit of sour diesel um, mixed with um, Kush mints. And so anyway, how are you doing today, Colin? Hey, how are we doing, Evan? <clears throat> doing good, man. Good to see you. You as well. Uh, yeah, I love, always love smoking out of a nice bubbler. Uh, very important to keep them clean, which I know you do that. So, uh, but Absolutely. yeah, I'm using, uh, I've got a vape today. Oh, it's a little tough with that background there. But uh, yeah, it's just a, a, a distillate vape of some uh, blueberry cookies, which is an indica strain. Um, so yeah, just taking it nice and easy, a little bit, a little bit more chill than my uh, the dabs that I've taken took for episode zero. So uh, yeah, happy to happy to be back. <clears throat> awesome, man! So glad to have you, man. So so anyway, like you know, we're about just less than two weeks out from the start of the season. You know, these preseason we're getting here real, real soon. So I'm getting pretty dang excited. I'm sure you're getting pretty excited. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on who you think is going to be in the starting lineup. Now, I all summer, like I was really thinking that um, Rui was going to probably get the start just because of his new contract. But the more I think about it with Vando um, re-signing himself to a nice new contract, I feel like, you know, Ham is going to prioritize defense, and I think Vando is going to get the start. So my starting five that I have that I think that, that Ham is going to start the season with, at least, is AR, D'Lo, Vando, Braun, and AD. And then, you know, that make the bench, you know, Gabe Vincent, Max Christie, Torian Prince, Rui, and Christian Wood, and then with Cam Reddish and Jackson Hayes kind of, you know, as 11th, 12th men. And, you know, I think that there's a chance that, Cam Reddish can maybe, you know, challenge, you know, Max Christie and Torian Prince for some minutes. But I think to start the season, I think he's going to have to prove it to him. So I think he's going to be near the back of that rotation. So that's that's how I've got it shaping out to, to start the season. But I think, you know, things may change as, you know, as things go on and things develop. But I think that's how things are going to start out. What do you, what do you think this year? <laughs> I think uh, it's funny that we didn't talk about this before the episode because that's the exact starting lineup I have, which is funny <laughs> because it's not, like Evan mentioned, it's not the mainstream, kind of the mainstream uh, lineup right now is to have D'Lo, AR, and then Rui at the three, and then Braun and AD. But uh, I actually totally agree with Evan. Uh, I think it's going to be... He actually had AR at the, or sorry, Austin Reeves at the one, D'Lo at the two. I don't know. Maybe you didn't mean to, maybe you just were just naming him. I think to start, D'Lo will probably be at the one, but, and AR will be at the two. I would ultimately like to see that switched. Uh, but I think to start the season, D'Lo will, will ultimately be the one. So, yeah, my starting lineup is uh, D'Lo at the one, Austin Reeves at the two, Vando at the three, Braun at the four, and AD at the five. Um and yeah, I agree with Evan. Uh, playing Vando at the three makes it allows Braun to be able to play the four, which uh, we talked about last week. It's a lot going to, you know, you know, age 39 year old Braun in season 29. Uh, it's going to be much easier for him to guard fours than to guard threes. So um, and then also a follow up on my comment about Vando's height last week. Uh, him and Jackson Hayes were invited to throw out the first pitch at Dodger Stadium this past week. <laughs> Lakers posted about it. Dodgers posted about it. There's this viral picture going around of uh, Vando and Jackson Hayes standing next to each other. And they look damn near the same height. Uh, and we know Jackson Hayes is seven feet. So uh, I truly do think Vando is, is, a, is, is 6'10 these days, uh, which is just going to make him – unstoppable on defense and we know he's a hard worker uh there was actually a really cool podcast that came out 
this past week, I think it's called Run Your Race, uh, where they did like an hour and a half interview with Vando. I listened to the whole thing. Listen to his story. Uh, it's just clear that he's a super hard worker. So uh, not only is he still growing physically, but I think he's also, you know, putting in the work. I think his offensive game is going to get better, which is kind of the one thing that uh, everyone talks poorly about him. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, um, you know, D-Lo, AR, Vando, Braun, and, and AD. And like I said last week, I think that's that combination can win you 60 games if everyone stays healthy. So I'm very, very excited. Yeah, yeah, health is definitely the the big thing. We got got our fingers crossed for some good health. Always, issues. always. We need some good luck. We've had some so many years of some bad luck with health. It's it's a, we're due we're due this year. And Indeed. so I guess we do. I guess we do differ a little bit on our starting lineup. I do really think that AR is going to be the one because. You know, I think the way he played in um, FIBA this year, and I, I just I have a feeling that to start the season, especially in preseason, I think that um, Ham is going to try him out at, at the one. So I guess we do we have one little variance in and what we're looking at there for that starting lineup. So um, as a side note, I'd also like you know I like your opinion on what you whether or not you think preseason is important because. I think it's kind of like, it's a mix of both. It's important, but it's also not important in some ways. So like, it's, you know, it's not important in the fact that, you know, none of those games count, you know, the obvious, you know, but it is important in like what you see as far as team chemistry and development. And, you know, you want at least win a couple of those games. You don't want to lose all the preseason you know, so, you know, cause I, th I think just from a confidence standpoint for the team, like, so I think there's kind of a mixed bag of, you know, preseason is not unimportant, but it's not, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's a mix, you know? So what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. And I've actually got a pretty funny story. So <laughs> last season I was, I was lucky enough. Someone at work offered me two tickets to, the very first preseason game last season, which we played the Kings. Um, and I brought my buddy who's not a basketball fan at all, actually not even a sports fan. Uh, and you guys can Google this very first preseason game last year for the Lakers. We got absolutely slaughtered by the Kings. I think they 30 pieced us. All of our starters played, all of our guys played LeBron played LeBron actually had zero points. Uh, everyone was, you know, all the LeBron haters were out after that game saying, oh, he might be washed. And then I think the very next preseason game, he went like, you know, nine for 10 or something. Um, but yeah, it was so bad to the point where my buddy who I brought with me, who's, who doesn't really know basketball, doesn't, isn't a big sports fan. He was like, dude, like these guys look horrible. Like, what is this? Is this like, you know, cause I was obviously raving about how good I thought the Lakers were going to be. And this was also before we knew the Kings were good. So I assumed we were going to kill the Kings in preseason uh, last year. And he, my, my buddy was like, dude, like these, this is complete trash. Like LeBron looks washed. This team looks horrible. Um, and you could just tell last year uh, the chemistry was off. Um, it was just really, really sloppy. And we saw that continue throughout the rest of three preseason. And obviously uh, through the beginning of last season with the, with the two and 10 start. So I completely agree with Evan. Obviously, do the games, do, do, does the end result matter? No. Uh, but I do think it's a time where, especially with a new roster like we've got this year, well, it's not super new. We've got a lot of returning players, but, um, you know, a lot of those guys are still technically new since we got them in February of last year. And then we've got some new guys like Gabe Vincent and Jackson Hayes and Torian Prince. Uh, so I think it's a really important time for those guys to gel, <clears throat> excuse me, and build chemistry. Um but does the end result matter? No, not at all. Uh, I just, you know, obviously hope everyone stays healthy and uh, hope hope we kind of... I also think it's important that we don't want to show all of our cards, which I think Darvin will, will, will not do or will do is, you know, he'll he's going to play very basic sets. We're not going to see anything too crazy. Um, so as long as everyone stays healthy and the, the chemistry looks good, um, that's really all I'm looking for. Uh, but you know, would be nice to, to, to win some preseason games and cruise on into the regular season. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, I just want to remind everybody, we got to, you know, 
PSAs scrolling along the bottom of the screen. <laughs> you know. Everybody, make sure to clean your pipes and don't pass the bong with stale smoke still in the chamber. You know, just just know your stoner etiquette. You know, so anyway. shout out to all the uh, college dorm rooms out there with bongs that are just absolutely gross with you know tar and res exactly. everywhere so uh <laughs> yeah definitely don't don't be those guys keep your keep your pipes clean exactly yes you'll appreciate yourself and you know the, it tastes so much better through a clean pipe so anyway i want to go on to um the dane saga like uh, just the never-ending dane saga like is he ever going to get traded like this is this is getting so ridiculous at this point to me. Like today, I heard um, I heard that Boston was even in in the mix, and I'm just like I'm like looking at their roster and like trying to match up salaries, and I'm just like like how like wait hold like but like you know nobody had any like further elaboration that I heard. Maybe you know maybe somebody's tried to cook up some funny trades for that, but like. That seems to make no no sense to me. And then I've also heard Phoenix with, um, you know, Aiton um, going up there and also Nurkic coming down with Dame. And like, and I'm like, you know, again, like how, like, what are they, you know, what are they giving up for all that? And, you know, it's just, it's really interesting. And then, you know, the, the whole thing that, that still comes down is the, like the dark cloud hanging over all of this is there's all these claims that, he's supposedly going to veto any trade that comes around anyway. So I'm like, you know, like, what is all this? Just can like someone get it together? Cause it's like, it, unless this is just Miami's way of, you know, trying to get them to negotiate through the press now or something like that. Maybe that's the only, but it's just, it's gotten out of control and like, what a saga, like, this needs to come to an end <laughs> and it needs to come to an end soon, please. So totally. what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's absurd. I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's, you know, as of this today's recording, it's Monday, September 25th. Uh, pretty soon it's going to be October. We were joking on last week's episode that, uh, you know, we, we had to wait until September for Christian Wood to sign with the Lakers. Well, uh, it's now September 25th and we still don't know where Dame's going. Uh, one thing that I do think is really interesting, I think Miami completely shot themselves in the foot by not getting a deal done uh, by now because all offseason we heard both Christian Wood and Kelly Oubre. Um, so also to take a step back, this past week Kelly Oubre signed with the Philadelphia 76ers on a vet man, which I think is a great signing for them. But all offseason we were hearing that uh, Christian Wood and Kelly Oubre would would sign with the Heat if if the Heat got Dame. So which would have been a great if the Heat could have pulled that off. I, I was thinking, wow, that's you know, that could be a championship team right there. But they waited so long. They still haven't gotten the deal done with Dame that you know Chris Christian Wood and Kelly Oubre both said fuck it. Fortunately, the Lakers got Christian Wood, which is awesome. Uh, Sixers got Kelly Oubre. So you know, I think that hurts the Heat. Um, and the toughest part about Dame is he's making, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Evan, I think it's $45 million next year, maybe more, yeah, maybe, maybe even 50 And obviously with trades in the NBA, you have to match up the salaries. So uh, if anyone wants to bring in Dame, you know, bring in that $45 million, they've got to send out $45 million or, you know, something close to that. So, um, you exactly. know, all, all the, the – none of it makes sense uh, – if he goes to the Suns, that would be wild, especially with Frank Vogel as their coach, who is defensive-minded, and he would be starting basically three have to start three guards at that point with uh, Dame, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal. So, um, yeah, I yeah, and for the Celtics to bring him in at this point, it feels like they already made their big move with Kristaps Porzingis. So. I don't know. The, the only thing that makes sense is Miami. And, and like I said, Miami's already shot themselves in the foot by, by losing out on kind of the top uh, vet minimum guys that probably would have signed with them had they, had they executed a, a trade with Dame by now. So, um, you know, I, I hope it ends. And the other thing is we don't really know where James Harden's going either. So, yeah. you know, we'll see, we'll see with both of those guys, but um, 
you know, likely I think they're both, they both might be just coming back, going back to the teams that they were on last year, which uh, for James Harden would be the 76ers and for Dame would be the Blazers. But uh, like Evan said, definitely ready for it to be over. Uh, and I know the Lakers aren't getting them. So uh, that's really all, all that matters for us. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think the James Harden thing is also interesting because, you know, I, I don't think that there's, like a big market for him and you know like he really wanted to go to the clippers but you know yeah there's not a deal that's going to bring him to the clippers that you know right so yeah like i i just i think he's gonna i think he's gonna be stuck in philly you know right and, and i wouldn't be surprised if dame stays stuck in portland either you know come the start of the season and like he doesn't get traded till the trade deadline yep. you know so anyway um and then you know on to the next topic which, oh, we're back to this again. You know, Buddy Heald is now wanting a trade. <laughs> and so, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, like, of course, all these Laker fans like, oh, no, no, bring him here now. Like, you know, like, no, it's too late. Sorry, buddy. Like, you missed your window. Like, you know, we've got this team assembled, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Like, we, we cannot be doing this. But, like, you know, of course, people are just going to, you know, beat a dead horse with this and tell the trade deadline like and just it's been just driving me nuts on the timeline that like people just think that you know our roster needs an upgrade because like i feel like our roster as it is is a championship roster you know as long as we stay healthy like you said 60 games like uh, yeah i feel very confident in that as long as we stay healthy you know if if lebron and 80s plus like I feel with the incentive of the 65 games, you know, to get awards this year, I think LeBron and AD may feel the incentive to play those 65 games. And if they do, like, there's a very good chance we win 60 games, you know? So, yeah, like, no Buddy Heald. Just say no to Buddy Heald. Just say no. That's that's what I have to say. <laughs> Totally agree. Totally agree. I think we said it last week. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, I think it's crazy that people already want to make tweaks to this roster when we haven't even seen them play a preseason game yet. Um, and so I, I forget who tweeted it, but someone tweeted out, you know, just how great it is to be in a position this year for Buddy Hill to be going on the market last minute and for us not to need to, to do anything because our roster's already set. Um, that's just a great feeling. Uh, but one thing I do want to touch on is, yeah, like Evan mentioned, a lot of Lakers fans that that are nitpicking and that do want to entertain the Buddy Heald idea, uh, the common trade I keep hearing is is D'Angelo Russell for Buddy Heald or some some variation of that, which I just think is crazy. If you look at the numbers last year, they actually shot pretty close, uh, pretty similar percentages from three-point uh, range. D'Lo is, I believe, two or three years younger than Buddy Heald. Uh, and D'Lo just signed a contract for $17 million a year for two years. Buddy Heald was making, I believe, $18 million last year, and he can't come to – the whole reason he's on the trade market is because he can't come to an agreement with the Pacers, which likely means he wants to make more than $18 million. Yep. Uh, So he's more expensive, he's older, and I don't – you know, D'Lo's more of a playmaker too. So I would I would take D'Lo, you know, 10, 10 times out of 10 over, over Buddy Heald uh this in 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 the year 2023 so yeah uh let's just you know we're in a we're in a, this is a good problem to not have to worry about this so lakers fans let's just see how this team looks and uh and not try and fire up the trade machine on you know in in october before the season starts <laughs> yeah absolutely like you know and the other thing i feel like about the whole thing is that delo and reeves have had really great chemistry like why do you want to break that up? Like, that's the other thing I can't understand from people. Like, you know, they are combo guards that work well, where like they can both switch off where one plays point and then the other one plays the two. And like, you know, it'll go back and forth, like, you know, and, and they played well together, you know, especially through that playoff run. So like, yeah, like I think, you know, people are still so hung up on D'Lo because of those, games in Denver you know poor guy just like he he helped us so much with Memphis and Golden State but then you know just because he wasn't there to help us as much for um 
Denver, everybody's just wanted to trade him immediately. So yeah, Delo's getting a bad rap. And like, you know, like I said, like that, that chemistry between him and Reeves is something that I'd like to preserve personally. So yeah, no, say no to Buddy Heald. <laughs> totally. Um, and yeah, just, just to touch on that point with, with the chemistry, uh, I love the term sweat equity. I think, you know, and that's why I was huge on Vando too, is a lot of these guys, they've built up sweat equity through playing each with each other for, you know, I don't know how many games after the trade deadline, including the playoffs, they've probably played, I don't know, 35 games together at this point. So uh, that's that's a lot of sweat equity built up and chemistry built up. So uh, to just throw that away for for Buddy Heald, who's older, more expensive and, and doesn't play defense, uh, just makes no sense. So uh, definitely on the same page of 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 pass on that one. Uh, but yeah, that actually brings us to our next topic, which is uh, our weekly historical stoner circle, uh, aka gas or past. Um, yep, if you guys didn't, if you guys didn't know what that was, uh, <laughs> that was a bong hit. Um, so yeah, Evan, let's go. Uh, I'm going to start with our first one here, which I love this one. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson, gas or pass. Ooh, Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, this one's a tough one. Like, I, I love his work. Like, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas especially is just, I think it's brilliant and funny and hilarious. But, like, like you know, if this were 30 years ago, I'd be jumping at the chance. But, like, yeah, at my age, like, yeah, I'm, I'm too old to be getting high with Hunter S. Thompson because it would escalate to places that I don't want to go at my age. One thing leads to another. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, like, you know, so so I, I'd have to pass with, with Hunter. Like, as much as I love him, like, on this one, I, I have to pass. <laughs> hey, that's fair. Um, well, I'm, I'm quite the opposite, actually. Uh, Evan, if you could cue the graphic here. Uh, but I would definitely gas with with Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, Fear and Loathing is one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, and I just know that that Hunter S. Thompson was a huge sports fan. So uh, this is a little bit cut off, but I'm going to read it for you guys here. This is actually a letter that that Hunter S. Thompson wrote to the Colts owner, Jim Ursay in March of 1998. Uh, so here it is. Dear James, in response to your addled request for a quick 30 million loan, $30 million loan to secure the services of the Manning kid. I have to say no at this time. But the Leaf Boy is another matter. He looks strong and Manning doesn't. Or at least not strong enough to handle welcome to the NFL business for two years without a world-class offensive line. How are you fixed at left or how are you fixed at offensive tackle for the next few years, James? Think about it. You don't want a China doll back there that with that when that freak sap comes cashing in or crashing in. <laughs> okay, let me know if you need some money for Leaf. I expect to be very rich when this debt movie comes out. Your faithful consultant, Hunter. Uh, so that's just hilarious on so many levels. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, obviously the Manning boy, he's talking about Peyton Manning, uh, and the Leaf boy, uh, that's Ryan Leaf, who uh, is is commonly known as the biggest bust of all time. I believe he was the first overall pick that year. The Chargers took him. Uh, he he did absolutely nothing in his career. I do think he had a lot of injuries, um, but you know, no one. I'm, I'm explaining to you who Ryan Leaf is right now because because no one, you know, because he ended up didn't end up being anything. Uh, and just the way that he talks to Jim Irsay in this letter is hilarious. You know, just asking him how he's fixed at at offense, left tackle for the next few years. Uh, is just is just so funny, and you know you know he was high on drugs when he wrote this. Um, so yeah, long story short, I would definitely gas with with Hunter S. Thompson, and would love to uh, would love to talk sports with him and and hear hear some of his sports takes. But oh yeah, um, yeah, he was a big sports fan. Yeah. Um, but on to our next uh, next uh, gas or pass candidate here is Ragnar Lothbrok from uh, from Vikings, the show Vikings, if anyone's seen that. So, uh, Evan, gas or pass with Ragnar? Oh, uh, no, this one, this one is definitely, definitely a gas. Like, absolutely. Like, I definitely want to get high with Ragnar and, yeah, and, and talk with him about all kinds of things. And, yeah, and 
I also want to want to have him show me where the mushrooms are too, you know. So. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so yeah, like definitely definitely a gas for Ragnar with me, man. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Uh, I'm a, a big TV guy, like I said last week, uh, and I loved you know loved the show Vikings. Actually, yeah. I I stopped watching. Well, I won't ruin it, but uh, yeah, just. Ragnar is one of my favorite characters uh, and would definitely gas with him. Uh, I've actually one of my one of my good friends in in real life uh, looks very close to looks very similar to Ragnar uh, and has a very similar tattoo to him. And uh, so, yeah, I would I would definitely gas with him uh, and would love to would love to hear some more stories from him. And um, yeah, so. Uh, all right. On to our third candidate. This is a great one. And this was actually suggested from. Uh, one of our one of our listeners on Twitter, one of our good friends uh, who commented uh, when we asked our listeners last week, you know, who would you who would you want in the historical stoner circle? Uh, so, Evan, would you gas or pass with Bill Walton? Uh, definitely. Like, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, I, I probably wouldn't get a word in edgewise. Like, try to <laughs> talk, you know? <laughs> but, but it would be fun to just sit there and listen to him. Cause he's got some great stories and like, yeah, it would just, it would just be fun to, you know, get, get stoned with an old hippie, like, like Bill, like, so definitely a gas for me. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, there was a great uh, documentary that came out recently. I believe it was a three part 30 for 30 on, on Bill Walton. Uh, I think it was called the luckiest man in the world or the luckiest guy in the world. But yeah, basically goes, you know, from to his career from, from start to finish. And he's just such a cool guy. And uh, like Evan alluded to, uh, he had a, he had a severe speech impediment early on in life. Uh, and he, he ended up uh, overcoming it. And all of his friends joke that as soon as he overcame the speech impediment, uh, he never stopped talking after that. So uh Definitely, I probably wouldn't get a word in, but uh, would love to would love to gas with him and uh, would love to hear talk hear him talk about uh, both his days at UCLA and his his days in the NBA. So uh, one of the winningest players players of all time. So uh, yeah, would would love that. Um, but yeah, topic moving moving on to our next topic. Uh, we've had you know we talked about Ricky Williams in. Uh, in the news last week. Uh, so this past week we had, uh, Jim McMahon, uh, the famous bears QB from the 1984 bears with that famous, uh, bears defense. Uh, he was the guy with the sunglasses and the, the headband. Uh, he announced he was launching his own cannabis brand, which is called, uh, Revenant. And he's launching it with Kyle Turley, who was, a uh, pretty famous offensive tackle in the NFL. Uh, I know him because he played for the St. Louis Rams when I was growing up in St. Louis. Um, but Evan, what are your thoughts about uh, Jim McMahon uh, launching his own cannabis brand? Oh, I, I love this. I, you know, the athletes and the exposure that they can give to these kinds of things. And, you know, the other thing is that, you know, Jim is also doing this for a lot of the right reasons. Like, you know, he's talked about how he used to do like 100 perks per month. I mean, that's, that's, that's like, um, that's three a day, at least, you know, insane. That, that's, that's insane. Like, yeah, just, and, you know, like we've been talking about, you know, here, like, you know, plants over pills. So like, you know, I, I just love the fact that he's, you know, doing it for the right reasons of things like that, because, you know, it's, it's been shown in every state where it's legalized that, you know, opioid overdoses have gone down. So, you know, like, and it's it just having that alternative for so many people, you know, makes a huge, huge difference. You know, there are so many people all over our country that are abusing opioids right now. And, you know, if we can find a way to, you know, help get them off of opioids, you know, marijuana does work for a lot of them. So, you know, I, I just I love that. And I love the fact that he's, you know, tied in with the NFL with it, you know, wanting to, you know, do the same thing that Ricky Williams does about like, you know, making them, you know, have it available as well. Like, you know, just, yeah. So just kudos to Jim. I, I just love it. Like, you know, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see like what kind of like silly strains, the punky QB names, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. He's got to, he's got to do some, some, some sort of uh, play on the fridge. 
who was who's obviously their famous defensive tackle that would that would run run uh run it in at the goal line but yeah. uh, or just yeah. comfy QB maybe you know yeah there you go there you go uh you know the Mike the Mike Ditka strain something like that but um yeah I totally agree with Evan's take you know I think it's it's uh you know, in the same vein of, of what Ricky Williams is trying to do with his brand and kind of trying to be the, the leading pioneers of the NFL. Um, so wanted to bring up some some other athletes, actually, that, that have their own cannabis brands. Um, it's a it's a pretty interesting cast of athletes. Um, and uh, so I'm just going to going to list them off real quick here. So Al, the probably the most famous one is Al Harrington. He's got a brand called Viola. Here in Southern California, uh, they've been around for many, many years now. Um, the other one that's very famous is Mike Tyson. He's got one called, it used to be called Tyson's Ranch. I believe he just he just rebranded it to Tyson 2.0. Um, but some really interesting ones that I thought were uh, Marshawn Lynch. He's got Do- Doty Blunts. And then Calvin Johnson, he's got a brand called Primitive. But uh, I thought those two were really interesting because they both retired much younger than uh, most football players do. Uh, I know they both specifically Calvin Johnson. I mean, he was basically still at the height of his powers when he retired. I think he was 30 years old, 31 years old. Uh, And Marshawn was a little bit older, but still not very old, maybe 33. Um, So, you know, I think they were kind of early on uh, or early in the uh, decision to, to retire early and kind of save their body uh, and so for them to be coming out with cannabis brands, uh, I think is super cool now. Uh, and then the last one, which I thought is awesome, is uh, Megan Rapinoe from the women's U.S. soccer team. She's got a brand called, I believe it's a CBD brand. I don't think it's uh, THC yeah. cannabis, but uh, she's got a CBD brand called Mendy. So uh, definitely we'll put those in the in the description of the YouTube and Spotify and all that stuff. So uh, you guys should check out check them out on Instagram and check out their websites. But Really cool to finally see some athletes, uh, you know, leading the charge here with with legal cannabis brands. Yeah, it's it's so great. I, I'm loving all that, and like, yeah, Marshawn Lynch especially. Like, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, someday, like, yeah, Marshawn, if you're out there listening, like, yeah, come, yeah, we're, you're welcome on our show sometime. We'd love to have totally. you. <laughs> totally, uh, I'll give you my address. You can send me free yeah. samples of everything. You know. I'll, I can I can be a guinea pig. That's no yeah, problem. Yeah, for any of these guys. Like, yeah, we'd love <laughs> to have any any of these cannabis related, you know, athletes. We'd love to have any of you on the show. You know, for so, sure. Like, yeah, we just it, it's so important that, like I said, you know, it's 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 part of a multifaceted view on health, and you know, it may not be for some people, but it does work for a lot of people. And just have it having it available. And having people having access to it is just really important, you know, and, you know, I, I hope we can get to federal legalization sometime soon, you know, because we're, you know, we've got, you know, kind of mixed legalization in this country as it is right now. And like, it'd just be nice if everybody all across the board could eventually have it. So, yeah. So anyway, you know, on to, on to the next topic, we're going to, we're going to go back a little bit to talk about a little bit of football. So, yeah, we've got, you know, we're recording this um, on a um, Monday night, you know, after um, after week three here, you know, Monday night football games are going on right now as we're recording this. So, like, you know, as of this right now, you know, both of our teams are two and one. And, um, you know, my Ravens had a a tough loss on Sunday and um, Collins Packers had a miraculous comeback win on Sunday that like, I mean, down 17 to nothing and came back and won that game, like unreal. But so anyway, like, you know, the Ravens at least and week two, two also got a win over um, the Bengals, you know, with, with the depleted lineup, I have to say too, you know, they, they're, they're doing this with a lot of injuries. So, you know, that was a tough loss yesterday, but they're still, they're really, really banged up and, you know, lost um possibly another receiver again on sunday and rashad bateman as well so oh man i didn't see that yeah i mean well i haven't heard the injury report but he he went down late in that game and you know had his helmet off and was out and like yeah so it looked like he might be out for a little while We'll, we'll wait and see you know what what comes out tomorrow but um 
but yeah, we're, we're at two and one and still looking pretty good. I still feel pretty confident. Lamar looked really, really good on Sunday, despite the loss. Um, but just like, I feel like things with that offense just aren't quite clicking. There's, you know, some new faces that haven't quite clicked. And, the, and the fact that that offensive line is still not completely healthy is probably the biggest, you know, detriment in keeping that offense from being, you know, where it really needs to be, you know, you got to protect your quarterback, you know, even a running mobile quarterback like Lamar, you still got to protect him. <laughs> so, so, but we're, you know, I'm pretty happy with where the, where the Ravens are, you know, how are you feeling about your Packers? Oh man, I am, uh, I'm over the moon. As you can see, got a, got a new background today. Um, so yeah, I was actually traveling yesterday. I was coming back from, from Montreal. So, uh, you know, Montreal to California is quite a, quite a long flight. It was a five hour flight. So I missed missed the Packers game. Uh, I actually I share an NFL Plus account with my buddy, so they've got a really cool feature where you can watch after the games are over. You can watch the replay of the game, but do they have like a condensed version basically where they skip all the commercials and they cut cut each play as soon as the snap's over, and you can watch an entire football game in forty minutes. It's really cool uh, without missing a single play. So I watched the whole game when I got home. Uh, and I, I was very conscious to like put all my my notifications on silent. I had no idea what the score was, uh, so I actually almost turned it off when it was uh, like Evan said, seventeen to nothing in the fourth quarter. Uh, but obviously kept watching, and uh, yeah, for them to for them to come back eighteen points in the fourth quarter uh, for their first game at Lambeau Field uh, was just incredible, and to do it without three of their best players. Christian Watson was out again. Uh, he was a late scratch, which was unfortunate. Uh, I actually left him starting in one of my fantasy teams because, like I said, I was on a flight, so that was unfortunate. Uh, but we were out with him, Aaron Jones, and then uh, our all-pro all left tackle, David Bakhtiari. So to, uh, to pull off that comeback without those three uh, and for, for our young quarterback, Jordan Love, to, to stay poised and to uh, – to really never look rattled at any point in that game and to be able to, to uh, execute a comeback like that is huge. And now this leads us into uh, this Thursday, we play the Lions for Thursday night football, which is going to be an awesome game. We're both two and one. We're tied for first place in the NFC North. Um, so the we're both a little bit injured. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a home game for the Packers. So I'm really hoping that that we can win. I'm not sure what the line is, but um, yeah, really, really exciting stuff from the Packers to see him bounce back from that tough, tough loss against the Falcons. We really, you know, we're two points away from being three and oh, so uh, excited, excited for this Thursday night game. And uh, you know, it's happy to happy that both of our teams are two and one and, and, and on the up. <clears throat> yeah, it's been, it's been great. It's been fun to have, you know, football back because you know the summer is kind of a kind of a you know slow period in sports you know like we we have a really good you know nba off season you know come summer league and like with free agency but then it just it really kind of you get into the doldrums there and like it's just nice to have some you know football back you know and yeah, two weeks away we've got basketball two weeks away so so excited yeah so anyway um on to our you know, final topic here. And this one, oh, this one's, this one, like, this, this one really bothers me. Like, HBO has canceled winning time. And this, this has bothered me on so many levels, you know, just because they, they kind of peddled this, you know, at the beginning of, you know, when the season was launched is like, you know, oh, we need to get some viewers and like, you know, make sure we can get a season three. And when, when I watched that finale and you see, you know, how, how they wrapped it up with that, like, you know, quick little montage, you know, it, it was obvious to me that they had no intention of, you know, going for another season. You know, that's why they only did seven episodes you know, and it's just, yeah, and and such a slap in the face to Lakers fans to end this, you know, in 1984 with the Celtics winning it, and and in that, you know, finale they made Red Auerbach 
and Larry Bird, the goddamn stars, I felt like. So, like, it was just, it it was such a slap in the face because I, I loved that show up until that finale. And, like, and it was, like, you know, to be fair, a surprise finale because, like, we were all expecting, you know, to get at least, you know, some, you know, hope of a continuation. But, you know, they they, they just always, they just wanted to close it up. Just, you know, end it all and, like, so, like, fuck HBO. <laughs> I'm pissed. Like, I, I'm ready to cancel my subscription. You know, I'm, I've actually, you know, I've got the free trial of Paramount right now, and I think I'm going to, you know, go with Paramount and dump HBO right now. Like, because, you know, like, there's really not that much more that that, that, that I'm really into on HBO at, this, at the moment right now anyway. And, like, the, you know, the new Game of Thrones, I just haven't, I've tried to get into it. I can't get into it. So just, yeah, I, to hell with HBO. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm really mad what they did with Winning Time and just really frustrated also for the crew, for the crews that work so, so hard on these films and movies and TVs. I mean, a lot of people don't realize these people are working 12, 18, even 18 hour days a lot of times and even six days a week on a lot of these projects. Now, you know, they do get time off in between projects, but those, I mean, you're working hard for like three, four month stretches. And like, and if you're working in TV, you're working, you know, year round, in fact, and like you're working a schedule like that. And it's, they put so much hard work into these things and recreating the 1980s and late, late seventies, like they did. um, They did just an amazing job that the, the wardrobe, as well as the um, the sets, they were just incredible, and the props just, you know, I, I want everybody to like understand the hard work that goes into all these shows that we love and care about, and you know, this this show got canceled, and all these people, you know, they'll eventually find another job, obviously, but but like, you know, they're they're putting so much of their heart and effort into these shows and i don't think they get appreciated enough because so many people talk about the the directors and the um, actors and you know that's what we focus on so much and you know i've worked in the industry my sister still does work in the industry so you know that's that's probably a reason it's also you know really close to my heart but like i just you know when a movie ends and you see that like just long, long list of credits, I just want people to just take a moment and think about how hard a lot of people work to give you that, you know, two and a half hours of entertainment. You know, it's, it, you should appreciate it. That I just want to say that. hundred uh, percent. And, and in that, in that same vein, I think a person who, who deserves a, a, an extra, sh- an extra special shout out is Jeff Perlman, who we mentioned last week. That was the writer who wrote the book Showtime that the show's based on. He has been relentlessly going on every single podcast, relentlessly tweeting to try and get season three to happen. I swear, this guy's probably went on 20-plus podcasts in the past two months to try and just keep the momentum going So to, to, to get people, to, more viewers to watch season two so that there could be a season three. Uh, and so to, to not even tell him beforehand that they were going to do that uh, and to have him find out like the rest of us uh, is just a complete slap in the face uh, and total bullshit. Um, and yeah, from my perspective, I, I had I, I didn't see it coming at all. Um, you know, I was I was obviously pretty stoned when I watched it. I was pissed because it you know ended with the Celtics winning. I think you can actually check my Twitter. I tweeted, um, you know, I, I tweeted this is lame that they ended with. The Celtics winning, but you know, hopefully everyone watches it so we can at least get to the good stuff with season three. And then about five minutes later, I find out that they they're not, you know I see the headline that season or uh, that winning time will not be renewed for season three. Uh, and I like quote tweeted my my synopsis of you know the season and basically just said what Eden said, which is just you know fuck this. Uh, HBO canceled it, you know, with with no warning. Uh, and the most fucked up part is. Uh, either within 24 hours of canceling winning time, HBO announced a deal with the NBA that they're going to be showing 65 NBA games next season on HBO Max. 
So it's almost like they suckered all, you know, suckered in the NBA fans with winning time to get them on the yep. platform. And, you know, they pulled a bait and switch and canceled winning time. And now they're going to show the, the TNT games, which we all already get anyways. So, um, yeah, like Evan said, I'll probably be canceling my account, too. Uh, I've already seen the Game of Thrones prequel. It was great. But, you know, don't don't have anything else coming out on HBO that I need to see. So, uh yeah, just really frustrating. And like Evan said, uh, just all the work that goes into it, um, you know, and to, to, to not even give it 10 episodes, which was like, you could tell was the standard. That's what they gave the first season. And to just do that lame ass montage at the very end to be like, oh, the Lakers went on to win, you know, five championships in the 80s and be it, you know, play the Celtics however four more times or whatever. Uh, was just such a cop-out and so lame. Uh, and Evan's right. They did make it seem like Red Auerbach and, and Larry Bird were the protagonist and were kind of the 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 ones getting, you know, with the last with the last say. So uh, just, just a horrible job by HBO. And uh, it was such a good show. And, yeah, I'm just – it's so disappointing that it, that it ended that way. Yeah, and, like – I also want to like touch on that a little bit too. Like, um, you know, um, Oh wait, uh, here we have a sonar moment. Now I just lost tra my train of thought there. All good. This was it, I was it the 65 live games that they're showing? No, no, it was, thank okay. you. It was the, no, it like came right back to me. Thank you. Um, it was the red Auerbach. Um, when he, he started having the little speech about, you know, and then we're going to have another one and another one and another yeah. one like, and to end it with that. And like, you know, like, it's such an insult too, because it's like, hey, you really only had one other one, damn it! Like, come yeah. on, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so, so you didn't have another one or another one, like, just like kind of perpetuating a myth. That's just you know, like it feels like you know whoever produced that was a Celtics fan, and like, yeah, so just like really bothered me in that sense. So, so, but like, I did, I did get like a little bit of hope on Twitter though. Um, I saw. Um, uh, O'Shea um, posts um, something about like, you know, how much does it cost to buy the rights to winning time? And then Jeff Perlman quote tweeted him about like, you know, have your people talk to my people. And like, you know, I just, I love that idea of, um, you know, them buying the rights and then Showtime somehow getting involved. And then you can, you know, no longer call it winning time. You can actually call it Showtime. And then we can like, you know, actually call Winning Time what it really is. It was just a prequel to Showtime. You know, like it ended when Showtime was just about to begin. Like Showtime exactly. is Riley and, you know, Magic and Worthy and everybody. Like, so that like, like, please Showtime, if you're listening out there, like, please, please get involved somehow so we can call it showtime. You know, that, that would make Laker fans so happy and continue this for season three. And we can, we can spit on HBO, you that's know, cause right. that's the other thing I got with the Paramount plus was a showtime, you know, Paramount plus comes with showtime. So showtime, if you're listening, you know, I, I'm, I'm giving you money, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, uh, and, uh, you know, just just to piggyback off what you were saying of kind of how they ended it right at the climax. And uh, the worst the worst part about all of that is Pat Riley, man. Adrian Brody was doing such a good job. Like we talked about it last week of transforming into just that savage Pat Riley that we all know and love. And I was so excited to see him, you know, just be that character for a full season. Uh, and we saw it for, you know half an episode so uh yeah total total bullshit um but yeah i guess that's that's just how these things go but yeah that's that's the way it goes man well anyway you know for you know just to emphasize fuck hbo <laughs> <laughs> yes fuck hbo uh and O'Shea, uh, O'Shea Jackson, if you're listening, please buy the rights to win time. So we yes. can call it that time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and also, like, you know, I quoted O'Shea, too, of, you know, like, if you, if you start a GoFundMe, I'll, I'll definitely chip in. So, <laughs> hey, I will too. 
Come on, please, please make this happen. So anyway, um, we're going to sign off for now. And it's it's been great, you know, wonderful again talking hoops with you, Colin. And, you know, peace and love to everybody out there. And stay zooted. I love you all. Stay zooted indeed. See you guys next time.